Hi, I'm Daniel Foley from the Abundant Life Training Center, and welcome to our daily communion meditation, where today we're going to be taking communion over James chapter 1, verse 19, which says that all of us should be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry. And so this month, in the month of August of 2022, we're doing a connection challenge to connect on a new level with God, our purpose, our loved ones, and our community. And this week specifically, we're working on connecting with our family connecting with our loved ones, those closest to us. I think this verse is a really important one for us because to truly connect with our families, we've talked about the importance of cherishing them, looking for opportunities to connect and be a blessing to them, honoring their attempts to connect with us. And I think a big part of that is just this verse here, being quick to listen, slow to speak, slow to become angry. Because as we listen, we get more present and we truly listen, we listen intently, they're going to give us clues as to ways that we can be a blessing to them. We're going to get to understand them better. We're going to know them better, be able to give them the desires of their heart, be able to keep them from pain as we just quick to listen and slow to speak. And sometimes we just jump in and we speak too soon without hearing the whole story. Sometimes people just need somebody to listen to them. And then we also got to be slow to anger. Because let's face it, sometimes our families, the people of our family can push our buttons better than anybody. And some people would never snap at somebody out in public, but they might do it to their spouse or their kids or their brother or their sister or those closest to them. And just taking a gentle approach to our family. Gentleness, I think, is one of the biggest keys to family. So we're going to be taking communion over this today. Now, some people might be asking, well, why are we taking communion every day? Well, for me personally, I had no relationship with God about 10 years ago. And a, a challenge to start reading one chapter from the book of Proverbs every day just changed the course of my whole life. One day I was reading Proverbs 13, 22, and it says, A good man leaves an inheritance for his children's children. And that verse just seemed to jump off the page of me one day. And it got me thinking, what's the most valuable thing that we could pass on to future generations? After some time of thinking about it, I came to the conclusion the most valuable thing would be wisdom or teaching or training for how to truly live. Now, at the time, I needed some help in my own life. I was running my personal training business, and the business was getting into some tough times. I had some months where my business was losing thousands of dollars in a month. And I just was in the struggle of it. A lot of pressure, a lot of stress. My life was very unbalanced. So I just began to seek after God. All right, if we're going to pass on these manuals and lessons and systems, I need some help in my own life. So I began seeking after him. He taught me this whole new way to live. But we make him the source. We make him the center of everything. We learn how to rest and how to trust in him to allow him to do the work in our life for that grace to flow that he has. I just began to document what he was taking me through and the things that I was learning. And it turned into this series of books and courses and now partners that we have called The Abundant Life Blueprint. But out of everything we do in The Abundant Life Blueprint, I do believe what God has shown me is that daily communion is the most important thing. Jesus says, as often as we do this, to remember him. And there's something so powerful about remembering and not forgetting, especially when we're in the busyness of life. We've got stuff coming at us in a day. It helps us to abide in him so that our lives produce much fruit. 1 Corinthians eleven twenty six says, every time we take communion, we're proclaiming the death of Jesus. And in the case of a will or an inheritance, nothing happens until you prove the death. 
So in a way, communion is like an activation that sets in motion all of the benefits of this new covenant. But it's also important we take it the right way. We're not just doing it to check a box and say we did it for the day. We're taking it with the fear of the Lord as a time to truly honor him and revere him and to connect with him. I think it's important we remember just the sacrifice of Jesus and have honor for that and remember what his sacrifice means for us. And so the process we use over the over these 10 years, I've developed a daily prayer that I pray every day. So we typically start with this prayer. It's coming mostly from Ephesians chapter 1 and the prayer of Jabez found in 1 Chronicles chapter 4. And then we take a few minutes to examine ourselves. Because the Apostle Paul says some people are weak and sick and they die early because they don't examine or judge themselves before taking communion. And I like to think about it. if communion has the power to do that in the negative, I believe it has the power to make us healthy and strong and give us long life if we take it the right way. And then after our time of communion, we usually do some physical fitness tips. Because I truly believe physical exercise is meant to teach us how to exercise our faith. So let's get started with our prayer. Heavenly Father, I pray for all those who are watching or listening, their families, all those connected to them, and our church and governmental leaders. And I thank you for releasing us from darkness and transferring us into the light, into the kingdom of your dear Son. I thank you for your purpose and grace given to us in Christ Jesus before time ever began. I thank you that Jesus was smitten for us so that you could fight for us. And I keep asking that you, the Father of glory, would give us the spirit of wisdom and revelation so that we would know you better. That the eyes of our hearts would be enlightened to know the hope to which you've called us and the riches of your glorious inheritance that is in us and the immeasurable greatness of your power to us who believe. The same power that you exercised in Christ when you raised him from the dead and seated him at your right hand in heavenly places far above all rule and authority and power and dominion and every name that is named, not only in this age, but also in the one to come. And you put all things under his feet and made him to be the head of the body, the fullness of him who fills all in all. And Father, I ask you to bless us and to make your face shine upon us. Let us find grace and favor in your eyes. Expand our borders and our territory. Expand our capacity to receive your purpose and grace, your love and your goodness, and to let it flow through us so that we do good and are a blessing to people all over the world. Send us opportunities to do good and be a blessing today and help us be sensitive to those opportunities. Keep your hand on us and help us do today what's right and best in your eyes and do it with peace and joy and confidence in you. And we ask you to stretch out your hand to heal, and do signs and wonders and keep us from evil and pain. Through the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. All right, we're going to go through the other half of prayer. And this is our time to examine ourselves. Are we making today a masterpiece? Because when it all comes down to it, we've got to bring our relationship with God down into today. To walk out our faith with him today. And masters of anything are simply masters of the fundamentals. And that's where we talk about executing these four fundamentals and bringing some presence and some fun into them today. So our first, or before we go through the fundamentals, let's remember, God's got a process. When he took the people from Egypt to the promised land, there were some steps and stages along the way. It didn't all just happen in one day. 
And in a similar way, for us to step into the promises and the inheritance that God has for us in Christ, I think there's some steps, there's some stages along the way. I think it starts with us believing God's got something better for our life. And then it's being willing forward to move forward with his plan. To learn to put off our old ways and to walk out this new way of living. Learning how to rest and how to trust in him. Learning how to walk in faith and love and forgiveness and humility. Learning how to walk in the light. And that's where these four fundamentals come in, I believe. So our first fundamental. Let's get positioned in the light today. Every day we've got to take our position in the light. This is like the on-off switch. Either we're in the light or we're in the darkness. There's no in-between. And I think it starts with humility. It's the humble who are given grace. It's the humble who are exalted and promoted. Just humbling ourselves in relationship to God, humbling ourselves in relationship to other people. And then to walk in the light, we've got to walk in forgiveness, receiving forgiveness from God, forgiving ourselves because we often forget that step, and walking in forgiveness with other people. And to walk in the light is to walk in love, kind and patient and gentle, always assuming the best, keeping no record of wrongs, not angry or boastful, arrogant or rude or envious, always hoping, always trusting, always persevering, because love never fails. And we're going to take our position in gratitude and praise today. It's one of the greatest expressions of faith, and it's one of the easiest ways to maintain our positioning all day long. And being in position is a big deal. Because when we step into the light, we're stepping into Christ. And God has taken everything that he has, and he put it all in him. And we get this amazing opportunity. We get access to all those good things today. In there is everything we need for life and godliness. I like to call it a pipeline of living water. It's got his spirit and power and presence, his love and peace and joy, his mind and wisdom, health and energy, time, finances, resources. It's this unlimited, inexhaustible supply of everything we need on the inside of us. And first, we've got to get in position to get access, to turn on the flow of it. And then our second fundamental is to magnify the light. To magnify, we're going to expand the capacity where God can flow more of all those good things, good things through us. And it's also going to get this new covenant rooted and established in our heart where we become more fixed and consistent in this. And to magnify the light, it's all about what we're focused on. Where's our focus and our attention, our thoughts, our meditation throughout the day? And I like to think of the, the example of two baskets on a balancing scale. On one side, I got a basket full of all the issues and problems and testings that we face. On the other side, I got a basket full of our praises to God. Praising him for who he is, praising him for all that he's done in our lives. And to magnify the light, which basket are we going to fill up? With our focus, our attention, our thoughts, and our words. So to magnify the light, we can magnify God's word. We can magnify his, his names. He's the God of all peace, the God of all joy, the God of all comfort, the God of all grace. He's our healer and our provider. He's faithful and true. He's full of unfailing love. We can magnify everything that he's done for us in Christ. He sent us his one and only son to die for our sins, and he raised him up on the third day, seated him in heavenly places at his right hand, raised us up with him and seated us together with him. And then you can magnify what he's done for you personally in your life. What are the ways you've seen him come through? What are the victories that he's given you in your own life? And just magnifying him is a way for us to hold fast to these things to not forget and to, to not lose these things. 
Now, this is not denying that there's issues and problems. It's simply choosing not to fill up that other basket with venting and complaining and pouting, getting down. Rather, we're going to fill up that basket of praise as a point of faith, as a point of trust that, you know what, God, I trust that you can solve these problems a whole lot better than we can. But it does give us a choice. We could choose not to do any of this. We could do things our own way. Filling up that other basket with venting and complaining and pouting. Walking in bitterness, unforgiveness, being unwilling to change and grow and repent. And that's where we have to learn to recognize the symptoms. Because when we're out of position or magnifying the wrong things, it's going to produce some symptoms in our life. One of the biggest ones I've learned to pay attention to is pressure. Where's the pressure? Am I putting pressure and demands on other people? Am I putting all kinds of pressure and demands on myself? Or is the pressure on God? Am I casting my cares over onto him? Am I rolling those cares over onto him? Where's the pressure? Because when I put the pressure on other people, it blocks connection, it squeezes the flow of what God's trying to do in our life because he wants to be the source. When I put that pressure on myself, it blocks the flow as well. It blocks my ability to connect with all those good things he put in Christ. So where is the pressure? It's a big question to pay attention to. And then when we're in darkness, you feel that heaviness and weight. You feel the fear and the stress and the worry. Our emotions are one of the greatest indicators we've got for getting feedback on when we need to make adjustments. Because when we take our position in the light, there's rest in our soul. There's fullness and completeness in him. You've got the peace and the joy and the love and the power. And it all begins to flow. And everything feels free and easy and effortless. Because when we, when we rest, God goes to work. So paying attention to those symptoms. And then sometimes we miss it. Sometimes we get off track. And it's learning to develop the skill set of being able to turn it back around quickly. Because sometimes we miss it. How do we do it? I think it starts with getting more aware of those symptoms. And then we humble ourselves. Father, forgive me. I've missed it. I'm off track right now. We receive that forgiveness from him. We forgive ourselves. If we need to forgive somebody else or reconcile with somebody, we take those steps. And we start praising and magnifying him for his grace and his goodness. And I like to pray this very simple prayer. Father, thank you that what you put within me is more than enough to handle whatever's coming at me today in a beautiful, graceful way. Help me tap into it and see it flowing in my life at a greater level today. You go through that simple process, that weight just lifts off you, everything begins to flow again. It's a beautiful thing. And then our third fundamental, we've got to stay tuned into God. Every day, He's trying to lead us and guide us and navigate us. We've got to stay tuned in and in rhythm with Him. My favorite way to do this is with a journal before bed. I like to start at the very top with what I call some filters. These filters are just short phrases that I write to keep keep things top of mind, to keep reinforcing the vision and the direction that I'm getting from God. And so I like to start at the very top. What's the big picture vision? Where do I feel like God is leading me in my life? For me personally, that's Abundant Life Training Centers all over the world, making the body of Christ healthy and beautiful. And then I want to bring it down into this year. What's the word or the direction God gave me for this year? This year for me personally is 2022, the year of the beautiful land. And he's starting to give me some glimpses or some insight into this beautiful land. 
this rich inheritance that God has for us in Christ and just teaching me to hold fast to it. Keep filling up that basket of praise. Keep holding fast to what he's given us. And then I want to bring it down into this month. What are we working on this month? This month we're working on connection. So I'm just writing that word over and over at the top of my journal every night. Connection, connection, connection to keep it top of mind. And this week specifically, we're working on connecting with our loved ones. And we talked about taking the pressure off of them. How can I be someone that rather than adding pressure to them, I'm someone who takes pressure off of them. Taking the pressure off of your loved ones. Because pressure blocks connection a lot of times. And then as I get started with my journal, I like to start with gratitude and praise to get in position. And then I like to magnify. What went well today? What are all the ways that I saw God showing up today? And then I like to get still and ask this question, God, what were you trying to show me today? And just listen. And whatever comes into my mind, begin to write those things down. Be quick to listen. And then I want to bring my journal all the way down into today. We started with the big picture, then this year, this month, this week. And I want to bring it all the way down into today. And that's where I like to plan out the upcoming day with God. And I've learned to stick with, what do I know to do today? Because personally, I learned, sometimes I was getting out ahead of God. I was toiling away in my mind, trying to figure things out, trying to force things to happen ahead of schedule. And I was getting out ahead of him. On the other side, sometimes I was procrastinating on things that I knew to do. And those things start piling up on the inside and they start blocking your clarity. You feel that overwhelm on the inside of all these things that you need to do. So what do you know to do today? That becomes the plan for the day. And then we wake up like a kid on Christmas morning, excited for the day. And we remember this very important principle that the first thing out of our mouth every morning, it sets the tone for the whole day. And as I began to learn about this, I felt like God was telling me to model what we see him do in the Bible. The very first words that we see him speak that set the tone for the whole Bible. Let there be light. And so now those are the first words out of my mouth in the morning. Let there be light. And it's amazing how such a simple little thing brings a different energy into the day. And then we wake up, we get connected with him, we start walking out that plan in full confidence in him. He's right there with us every step of the way. And when we get to that place of confident faith, all the doubt and unbelief removed, God begins to go to work. He begins to beautify our life. His grace begins to surge through us. He begins to bring what I call these beautiful solutions into our life. Things that we can never make happen on our own. They are the perfect fit. They are seamless and beautiful. And beauty is attractive and magnetic and begins to pull more and more of everything God has for us into our life. So let's take a look at the scripture today. James chapter 1, verse 19. My dear brothers and sisters, he says, take note of this. Take note of it. Some versions say, understand this. Everyone, everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry. Everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry. I'm just thinking of, it's kind of a funny story, but I was on on the phone with a customer service representative the other day you know you finally get through to somebody and you're talking to someone you got this problem you're trying to get resolved and she just completely took over she was very nice but she just completely took over the call 
And I could not get a word in. And she was completely off track. She was describing something that was totally not the problem. She thought she knew what the problem was, but she didn't. And she just would not stop talking. She just kept going and going and going. And a lot of minutes later, I finally said, you know what? That's not the problem. That's not what we're trying to, to work on here. Oh, we should be quick to listen, slow to speak, slow to become angry. And so, Heavenly Father, we're asking for your help. We're doing this connection challenge this month. I feel like you model this for us. And we're asking for your help, not only with our family, but it just in every situation. That you would help us to be quick to listen, slow to speak, slow to become angry. Because I do believe this verse, as we walk this out, it helps us just to connect with you, with our loved ones, with our community, just with everyone on a new level. Help us to walk this out at greater and greater levels from this point on in our lives. And we thank you that on the night Jesus was betrayed, he took the bread and said, this is my body. It's broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Just take a moment to remember. God sent us his one and only son. All of us had, like sheep, gone astray. We'd all turn to our own ways. We'd all try to do things our own way. Usually it doesn't go very well. And God laid upon Jesus the sins and the iniquities of us all. By his stripes we've been healed. He was spit on and hit and mocked, whipped, nails in his hands and his feet, pierced on his side, crown of thorns on his head. His body was broken. Also, we could be made whole. We could be right and holy and perfect in God's sight. Be connected back to him. And God raised him up from the dead and seated him at his right hand. He raised us up with him and seated us together with him, made us one with him. All because of his one sacrifice. So Father, we thank you for this bread and all that it represents. And we ask you to bless it in Jesus' name. If you have your bread, you can take your bread. <clears throat> then after supper, Jesus took the cup. He said, this is the cup of the new covenant. In my blood, poured out for the forgiveness of sins for many. It's the forgiveness of sins that releases us from darkness, transfers us into the light, into the kingdom of Jesus. And he's a great king. He makes his people great. His blood washes us and cleanses us, makes us new. He gives us this new covenant with God. This blood sworn oath that God is with us and for us. He's working for our good. His covenant he will not break. So, Father, we thank you for this cup and ask you to bless it in Jesus' name. If you have your juice, you can take your juice. All right. Health and fitness. One of the things to work on as you're going through the workouts is grip strength. Whenever you're holding weights, I want you to, to focus on securing them with the hands. The hands are made for securing things. 
I want you to focus on squeezing those weights a little bit while you hold them to increase grip strength. And then at the end of the workout, one of the things I like to finish with is just what we call farmer's walks, just taking some weights, just holding them in the hands and just walking. Sometimes we'll add a few shrugs as we're walking, but just holding and squeezing and securing those weights. Sometimes some issues with the shoulders and elbows and wrists can be resolved just by working on increasing the grip strength and squeezing those weights while you lift the weights. But I hope it's been helpful for you today. If you'd like to learn more about what we're doing in the Abundant Life Blueprint, you go to the Abundant Life Training Center.com.